From the Duck South Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. We're mass communicating. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. This is the End of the Line Podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I give it a, uh, a 10. A 10. Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that. And now, here's your host, Rocky LaFleur. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Also starring Josh Webb, Jake LaTondras, Rob Kroon, David Ellis, and Ramsey Russell. Showtime. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Showtime, everybody! Showtime! Welcome to the End of the Line podcast. I'm Rocky LaFour in the Duck South Studios in cold Oxford, Mississippi. It's probably colder in Jackson, Tennessee, though. It is Tuesday, but in this Monday. Rob, any snow on the ground in Jackson? We had some snow and sleet last night. It got down to about 16, but uh didn't stick or anything because it was 65 yesterday about noon. All the kids are out of school. Last night. Huh? So I was watching that band last night as it moved through Dyersburg and then on down to Jackson, Tennessee. I guess it was probably, what, 7, 8 o'clock last night? Yeah, 7 or 8, yeah. And it, I mean, y'all look like y'all got into a, a heavy bed of snow there for a little while. Yeah, it was pretty fun. I was at the Outback Steakhouse, no rules, just right, and uh, pretty fun. <laughs> They got the best lamb chops in Jackson. They're not better than Folks Folly, but they got the best lamb chops for sure. Uh, Longhorn's got the best strip. Uh, But, you know, I mean, you got to, you know, I always say when I go in there, like, I'm going to get something different tonight, and I always get the lamb. Uh, Out back in Jackson, Tennessee, is the only place you can't go to on Valentine's Day, correct? Any holiday. And don't try and go Sunday after lunch either. I mean, after church. It's 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 my weekday spots. Church folks, they get their uh, their dose of scripture, and then they go and fill their gut up, right? Yeah, yeah. On, on Valentine's Day and stupid holidays like that, there's people lined out the door at four o'clock. I just drive by and laugh. Is it, I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've always found it ironic growing up because most Baptist preachers, and I've been a part of Baptist church my whole life, but I always found it ironic that my Baptist preacher weighed over, most majority of them, 80 to 90% of them weighed over 300 pounds. <laughs> that, he's up, that he's up there yelling at me, don't have sex, don't drink beer, don't dance. You need you don't to get up, come far today. God's with you. Devil's got you, ain't you? <laughs> Woo! All right, we got a couple of big topics to cover today. One that I am pretty excited about. 
talk to you about. Uh, I did not go all out and make a prediction. The only prediction I made last week that was that Alabama would – there was no way Alabama was blowing LSU out. If Alabama did win, it was going to be what? By field goal, I think I said. A field goal to six points. But I felt better about LSU in that game. I didn't go all out and predict them. I can't remember who you picked in that game. I said LSU would win if they didn't turn the ball over a bunch and played a clean game, and they did. And, you know, if you look – if you want, if you look back at that game, and just leave the second half out of it for now. If you look back at that game and look at what Bama did in the last three minutes of the first half, I'm not even talking about the first quarter when Tua threw that interception or fumbled or whatever. I'm talking about, you know, Bama had the ball. There was two minutes left. Tua throws an interception, or they had to punt. I can't remember. LSU gets the ball, returns the punt down to the 30, and they score. Okay. Okay, everybody's fine. Don't worry. Don't freak out. Well, then, with like a minute 30 left, two of those an interception, and they score. So they scored 14 points in the last two and a half minutes, okay? You can't do that against a team like that and win. Now, now go to the second half. Now, you know Saban's going to make adjustments and shut down LSU almost, you know, at least to where they have a fighting chance, and they did. But – you, you just can't do that kind of stuff. That's how Ole Miss beat them, you know, twice and in a row, by the way. And that's that's just kind of, you know, that's that's what's got to happen to beat Alabama. And you, of course, you got to be loaded with players. But um, they played good. They're fast. Alabama's still going to make the playoffs. Uh, everybody's saying they're not. That's bull. They're going to make it. There's no way the committee's going to keep them out. Uh, right. LSU's going to. Let, let me. Let me walk through this step by step with you. Now, big crowd, um, going nuts over there. You know, first, Alabama gets the ball first, drives right down the field. Um, I can't. I think maybe LSU took a timeout. TV goes to commercial. They introduce Trump. Alabama's got the ball on the four yard line, and crowd goes wild. You know, you chance of USA, I mean, it's going nuts. So, it's not Mark Ingram. Who's the other guy that won the Heisman at Alabama, the other other running back? Well, there's been several. Derrick Henry, Ingram. Uh, you talking about more back in the day? or I can't no, remember. I didn't no, recent backs. It, it wasn't, I don't think it was Ingram. But anyway, somebody came out and said that the reason that Tua – and Alabama, Tua fumbled that ball, and then Alabama ultimately lost the game. The start here is because Trump was at the ball game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure what happened. They didn't just get their ass whooped all over the field in the first half. It was because of Trump, for sure. You know, the, the thing that surprises me the most about Alabama was the defensive line. This may be the weakest defensive line that Alabama's had or youngest since Saban's been there. 
take 08 out. Let's don't even put that into the equation. 07, whatever his first year was. Do you? I mean, is this his weakest defensive front? Uh, the linebackers are good. I think it's his weakest defense since he's, since he's had his own recruits. But, but on the same hand, what did I say last week? Tua's hurt. Yes. He's hurt. You can tell he's hurt. He made some terrible throws. Um, did you see that play where they were down inside the 10 or the 15 and the whole pocket was open and he could have run, I could have run in the end zone and he was Normal still looking to throw it. Yep. And he, and yeah, and he never, he never moved out of the pocket because he's not healthy. So we all knew that LSU knew that Alabama knew that everybody in the world knew that. So that wasn't a surprise. I hurt too is still better than that goofball they have backing him up. But, you know, I'm not using that as an excuse. Joe Burrow, I didn't realize he was that good. I mean, I knew he was good, but I didn't realize he was like, I, I mean, he reminds me of Bo Wallace, but smarter. And so I, I didn't really, I didn't see him doing what he, what he was doing with his legs. And, you know, I, I don't know how you get much better of a game. I mean, I know it was pretty lopsided, even though the score wasn't. But the second half, when Bama started getting fired up and started getting back in the game, that was it was pretty fun stuff. At that point, I didn't care because I'd already lost my bet and uh, pretty much felt like a failure. But I just sat there, drank beer, and watched the game. But they, uh, you know, you they think, started coming back. It was – what's that? Hey, hey you, you don't think Ed O had a conversation with Hugh Freeze? You know, they had a week off. Black helicopter here. If you think about the ways that Hugh Freeze burnt Nick Saban's defense, defenses, in the 14 and 15 seasons, uh, running back pass, coming out of the backfield, uh, quarterback sneak, and then dump the ball. You know, there, there are yeah. certain things that, that Ole Miss did in 14 and 15 that I saw, you know, in the offensive game planning of LSU the other day. Yeah, and, and, and regardless, even if they didn't talk, they he knew and he knew – he saw and he knew what Freeze was doing. Now, now whether Orgeron knows that, because I think he's still a buffoon, I think he's just a blithering idiot that hired the best coordinators that he could possibly ever hire. I don't think that their success has anything to do with him other than him getting them fired up and pulling his shirt off and acting like an idiot. Um, their offensive coordinator is one of the best in the country, and their quarterback coach slash assistant offensive coordinator. That I read an article the other day that LSU has decided, or they've proposed, which is means it's going to happen in Louisiana, but they're going to pay these coordinators NFL salaries so they don't lose them. So anybody that thought LSU was a one-shot wonder or this was it, I got bad news for you because this is going to be this way for a while. And and I still don't believe that it's Orgeron that's doing it, but it doesn't matter really. You know, when you look at head coaches, if you look back at Tennessee back when they were really good, I don't know what Fulmer was really doing. I mean, he was an offensive line coach. I don't know. You know, he had Chavis and had um, Cutcliffe. And, I mean, you know, that kind of – you know, you get that kind of team of coaches together, you're going to be successful. And that's what Orgeron's done. That's the smartest thing he's done because he – you know, as a, as a head coach, he, he really does – I don't think he's as good as everybody's giving him credit for. Uh, 
I just, I just really don't. And I, and that may just be me. I don't know, but, uh, he, he's no Nick Saban, you know, let's not get crazy. He's not, he's not Saban. He's not Belichick and he, and, and he doesn't have to be, but you know, he can get them fired up. He can recruit as good as anybody in the country. So that's, you know, he saved his own job, you know, back when they were talking about uh, hiring Herman. Uh, so, I mean, you know, you got to give him some credit. I'm not taking credit away from him. I just think that he's built the right team around him, and LSU is not going to let those guys go. It doesn't matter what they have to pay them because, I mean, money's no object in any SEC, any SEC school. I, I agree with you. I, I think that his coordinators are – have totally taken over, and they're they're coaching a good ball game. And his job is to recruit and uh, motivate the team. And that that's that's, and that's who he is anyway. Right, and he, and he does a very good job of that. So don't you know? It's like one of those things. Don't if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, I know we're going to get into some other teams and coaches and stuff. So I'm going to try to stay off of that. But you know. It's funny hearing these people that get on now, gotta, the internet. Before we do, before we leave Alabama and LSU, I've got a couple of questions for you. So don't 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 leave it without me asking you a couple of questions. Go ahead. Joe Burrow, did he win the Heisman Saturday? Absolutely. He could not play the next three games and, and win it. Did is Alabama out of the playoff? Will they look into your glass ball? Will they make the playoffs? Yeah, they'll be the four seed. Really? You think they'll get in over? I think the only their only problem standing in their way is Oregon. Yeah, maybe, but they still they struggle in November anyway. So they're going to screw up and lose a game they shouldn't they shouldn't lose. And when you lose the LSU. The way they did with the turnovers, and they still made it a game towards the end. Now, I know LSU came back and scored and made it look really bad, but when you when you're down like that at the half and you come back and you you make it a ball game, you know they're going to consider that it's going to be Ohio State, LSU, Bama, and I guess Clemson or Oregon. I don't know which one, either whichever of those teams screws up because LSU is going to destroy Georgia. Georgia's already got a loss. Bama's got a loss. If you're looking at Bama and Georgia, who do you take to fill number four? You take Bama. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you, so, Georgia's out of it. Georgia's going not 100%. Georgia has a really, really uh, high chance of losing to LSU in the SEC championship. So they're gone. Yeah. Oklahoma's yeah. loss was bad. It was yeah, real and bad. They're pr- they're going to lose again. Their their defense is is horrible. I mean, their defense is so bad that it's – I mean, go back and look at the scores of their games. I mean, they're giving up – I don't know what the points are because I haven't looked, but their average points have got to be 30-something. I mean, they're, they're giving up crazy amount of points, and you can't, you can't do that. They're going to get beat by somebody before the season's over. They'll have two losses, and then – you know, all right, let's, all right, let's, let's, let's say this. Let's get this out of the way. We know without a doubt, if everything plays out exactly how it's supposed to, you got Ohio State, LSU, and Clemson. There's there's three right there. I think LSU's going to be number one, Ohio State two, Clemson three. But who is number four between Oregon and Alabama? Well, and if Baylor wins out, 
Baylor may win out. No, Baylor's but Baylor's in the position they're they're even if they went out, I don't see how in the world they could ever jump a one loss Bama. You know, CBS's ratings were it was one of the highest rated college football games ever. That's because it was LSU the national championship. It's because it was the national championship and everybody knows that. You may get some booger eater Big Ten fan or Big Twelve or whatever it is. Doesn't the Big Ten have twelve teams? I mean, how does that happen? But anyway, you may get one of these guys that are like, "Oh no, no, no!" They, you know, it, that wasn't nothing. That it, bull crap. That was the national championship. Now, whether we get a rematch of that, which would be incredible, I don't know. I don't know if the committee is going to let it happen again. I think they will, but if they don't, it'll be a travesty because. You know, those those two teams are the best two teams. Well, Ohio State's great, but who do they play? They haven't played anybody. I mean, they're going to play Penn State. Who cares? Both, whatever. Uh, Penn State, the only thing they got going for them is James Franklin. I don't know what's going on with them. They've struggled in some games and looked good in some games. But Ohio State looks really, really good. But who have they played? I can't name one team they've played. I mean, they're beating people 70 to nothing, but, I mean, I, let's be honest. Let, let's see them play somebody. So I don't know. I, I'm not. I, I'm. I mean, look. I'm. They're top two team in the country. I'll give them that. Just by seeing how good they are on offense. But don't come. Don't. I mean, who? I want to see who they played. One. Just name one team that was any good. And they can't help That's that. A, the thing with me, exactly what you're saying. You know, everybody wants to yell that Alabama hadn't played anybody. What do they deserve to be there? Good gosh, man. Outside of the SEC, who the hell has Ohio State played? Nobody. And, they and and you know, you can't sit here. I, I, look, they didn't make the schedule. They, they can't help it who they play. But you have to keep that in consideration. So I want to see them play Penn State. I want to see how James, Frank, James Franklin, you know, puts together a game plan. I want to see what they do when they show up. And then I want to see how they react to that. Um, you know, and then, and then we'll get a better idea. But still, I mean, Minnesota's playing good, but uh, you, whatever. Uh, they're, they're Minnesota. But I want to see these teams. I, I mean, you know, it's like we talked about the other day. Like, if you look at the top five or six teams, you're like, yeah, those are the best five or six teams. But then go from seven to 15, and you're like, who the hell are these? There's teams in there I've never even heard of. So I mean, it, it's going to be funny to see how they handle it. I'm I'm really really interested to see how this thing goes down. I just feel like there's no way they keep Bama out. They may, but I mean, how? You know, if they're going to let, you know, would they let? I think Georgia it, last year with the, I think the best case scenario, if Auburn beats Georgia, which is really really possible. Alabama beats Auburn. I, I don't think it's any way that you can deny putting them in. No, I mean Bama's Bama's team is not the normal Bama team. Everybody knows that. We get it. Whatever. But they're still better than the other teams. So I agree. So you know, let's keep that in perspective. Now they still have. If Tua can get healthy between now and December. I don't know if he can or not because he couldn't last year and he's not healthy now. But if he can get healthier, 
then who knows with their receivers? I mean, you don't have to have the best defense. You don't have to have the best defense in the country when you have Najee, what's his name, and those receivers. I mean, their receivers are yeah, their receivers are ridiculous. You know, the whole deal behind this playoff system was to try to put the four best teams into it. It was supposed to throw conference championships or whatever out the window. We're putting the best teams. Don't even bring that crap into the consideration. That's my whole deal. This is like a beauty pageant with predetermined beauty. No, no. If we're having a real beauty contest, we're going off the looks of all of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, you got to do that. And I, who knows? I don't even know who's on the committee this year. I used, I mean, I know they start talking about it more and more, but you you can't – you just got to be realistic about it. And You, you know, cannot deny Alabama is one of the best teams in the country. No, they're probably there's the best. There's no Hey, they had three turnovers, or four. They had three turnovers. One of them, one of them was in the red zone. The other, I mean, I think two of them were basically inside the thirty. So I mean, they were automatically going to get a field goal. So I mean, you you can't tell me in the second half if you watch the first three and a half quarter. I mean, the first yeah, the the third quarter and half of the fourth quarter. You cannot tell me that they're not the best team in the country. I know what the scoreboard said. I don't care. I don't care what Orgeron said. I don't care. There's, I still think they're better than LSU. Now, I know LSU went in Alabama beat them. I'm going to give them credit. But you take away some of that crap, some of those stupid – they had 12 men on the field, one penalty. They had, they had stupid delay games, stupid false starts, stu- stuff that Bama doesn't do. So you take that crap out of there, and, and you have a good, clean game, and it doesn't end that way. And LSU still might have won by one or two or three, but you don't. You're not going to have. It was a blowout. The game was lopsided, no matter how you look at it. But Bama came back and fought like we all knew they would. So I don't know. You, you know, they LSU went on the field. Let's put them one. But in one A or two, Bama's got to be in the top three somewhere. Somewhere, somehow. So, I, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to Oregon. They usually screw up in November, like I I mean, in December, November, December. And I don't – Ohio State doesn't have to play anybody. So, we'll just see what happens. I mean, I don't know – I really don't know what, what else to say. Well, let's – hey, let's switch directions. Let's go west because I know that it's a topic that I have to admit I was wrong. Chad Morris was the first head coach fired, and deservingly so. Is that is that one of the worst losses for an SEC team, losing that game that much? I'm not sure about that. I think the whole season as a whole, you know, it's hard to – it's hard to really put it on that. The team had given up on him. Everybody knew he was going to be fired. The team knew he was going to be fired. The fans knew he was going to be fi- tired. I mean, fired. He's probably tired now uh, with that $10 million in his pocket. They, uh, Nobody was showing up for the games. They had to do it. You know, they had to know they were going to do that two weeks before they did. And they'd probably been looking for a head coach since the first of the season. 
you know, there's a bunch of names being thrown around. Norval, I think Norval's going to get it if he wants it, which I think he would jump on it. Um, I won't know what Ole Miss, you, but I think your opinion, your opinion, is that job attractive at all in the SEC? Okay. Yes. And, and listen, take the money out of it. I'm saying from a listen. Everybody wants to be a millionaire. Don't get me wrong. Every coach, but from a recruiting standpoint, from a power standpoint. Who is quirky? See, I think there's only one name for that job that's quirky enough to do it and do it well. And that's our favorite. That's mine and your favorite guy, Mike Leach. I think he would be great there. But, see, well, let me back up one little thing. You said recruiting. I disagree because Arkansas is so far west that they got Oklahoma, uh, Western Arkansas, which has great programs, Springdale and all those Big, big 5A good schools over there. They can go down into Texas and get kids. They've got they've got an area over there. They're not Mississippi fighting state. They're not um, you know, Georgia and Tennessee fighting over players. Alabama and Georgia fighting. They have their own section over there, and they're far enough away from everybody that they can get into these kids' houses more and have more over there and get those kids. There's so many good kids in Tulsa and, you know, northwest Arkansas, Texas. They can Don't. get those kids. They can – they can get the kids that Texas doesn't want that's a four-star. They can, you know, they can get these kids. So I actually think the recruiting is easier at Arkansas with a good recruiter because of where they are. I think it's kind of the no, same situation. No, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not running them on a scale with Ole Miss and State. I agree with you on that. Let me ask you this. 1-14, to 14, where, where is Arkansas falling on that scale, that ranking? I don't know. I think the bottom probably, if you have 14, you could break it into four or five teams per, per tier, and, and they're definitely in the bottom tier with us and State and, and that kind of thing. But they're right there on the cusp because they have a couple of good years like they did with Petrino and get that place pumped up and fired up again. And they're, 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 they're competing with folks. You know, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think that – I think that they're higher than people think. I think that um, you know. I, think, I would put them I about seven them. or eight. Yeah, but that's what I mean. You start getting into seven or eight, and then you get a lot of teams that are right there bunched up. Oh, I, I agree. mean, there's there's going to be teams that have their years. You're going to win. You'll get lucky and win eight games one year. You probably win it two. You shouldn't, like Ole Miss used to do. Like you know, we'd go in LSU and somehow beat them and get to seven or eight wins. You know, seven wins, eight wins is awesome in the SEC. I don't care what anybody says. Ten wins is incredible. You know, anything between eight and ten is just, you've had a great year. I don't want to hear any negative shit out of your mouth. So, you know, I, I think Arkansas is, is a more lucrative job than people think, and I think if they hire the right guy, they'll be back in a few years. I think, you know, you can't – It's look at Tennessee and look at what they've done since the second week. But, man, I would have I mean, a – contract that was so tight knit that if I got fired you didn't give me the time to recruit my people there. Jeez. Yeah, but you also you're, can't you're, go you can't go four and twenty five or whatever he was. I mean you 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 just can't there's certain things I mean there's certain I mean like the buyout for him and the buyout for Taggart, like they would have paid sixty million to get rid of Taggart at Florida State. Oh. 
And they would have paid whatever, $20 million to get rid of Morris, which they only had to pay 10 And I know I say only $10 million, but people don't understand how much money these schools and universities have. People can't grasp it because they don't understand. $10 million to Ar University of Arkansas is nothing. 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 They have boosters that give $10 million to that school. That, that, that is nothing to them. And when you're getting $30 million, $40 million a year from the SEC, even if you don't make a bowl game, $10 million is nothing. It's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. And everybody's like, oh, they're paying two coaches. It doesn't matter. Football's where the money is. It doesn't matter if you're paying five coaches. It does not matter. You do what you got to do to be relevant and to get the TV money and to get the bowl money, and that's what you got to do. It's a business. People, people look at college football as like, you know, oh, it's fun Saturday, blah, blah, blah. These kids are having fun. Bullshit. It's a business. These kids are trying to get to the NFL, which whatever percentage gets there, 5 or 10 or whatever it is, it is 100% about the money. Every single play, every single school, everything is about the money. Why do you think they're paying teams like Georgia State and Eastern Mexico University two and $300,000 to come and play? Because they don't care, and they need to win so they can try and get to a bowl. It has nothing to do with the kids. It has nothing to do with anything else. It's all about the money. That's all it is. And so when you've got a coach that sucks that bad and takes that many fans and that many students and that many people to stop watching the games, and you're getting 11 o'clock kickoffs on Jefferson Pilot and stuff like that, you, you've got to do something because you need to get an SEC 230 game. You need to get – you know, you need to be – you need that publicity for recruits, for money, for everything. And I know the money's all pooled, but it doesn't make a difference. You've got to have that. You've got to have that exposure. It's just too much money involved. I mean, it, it, anybody – I mean, if you just think about – stop back and – take a step back and think about it and think about how much money is, is going around. And it, you, you got it. That's why I don't understand. I know Vanderbilt's private, and Vanderbilt's got more money than any of the other people. But I don't understand why they don't, why they're so, why they don't care. The fans don't care. The school doesn't care. I, I mean, I, I guess I don't. Maybe, maybe I'm the dumb one. But it seems like you know, you would try to be relevant like they were when they had Franklin. And I know they couldn't help that they lost Franklin. He got, he's got his dream job or, or whatever. But you know, I, it's there's it's it's too much money, man. You know, t speaking of money, when it comes to um, it comes to Ole Miss, see, you and I are in both agreement that it would probably be in Ole Miss's best interest to change coaches now, but. Rumblings yeah, that I'm hearing. That we can hire. If there's somebody that we can hire that's, you know, that can be better than what we have, and I say that very gently. But the defense is playing great. Uh, Matt Luke is completely clueless. He has no idea where he is. He doesn't know when he wakes up in the morning. I have no idea what goes through his mind besides Lucky Charms or Fruit Loops. I don't. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know why he can't figure out simple tasks. I don't understand why Rich Rodriguez is so terrible. Uh, I don't know that you don't just fire them and let McIntyre be the interim head coach until you can find somebody, if there's not anybody good available. 
I don't know why you don't throw the book at Ken Austin. I don't know. I mean, you know, I know we can't go out and get somebody that's, you know, some high-tier coach. I, I know that. I'm not an idiot. But if you can get somebody that's had some success either at Ole Miss or at another school, then, yeah, I think you got to do it. But if you can't and you don't have an athletic director and you don't have a chancellor, then I, I don't know how – I don't know who can make a decision. I mean, do they – do they call Archie again and say, we need your help like they did with Freeze? Or do they – I mean, what what are they doing? Like, what what are they thinking? I, 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 don't, I don't know. But Roland, you can't sit there. Are that they can't, they can't afford the buyout of Luke and the, and the assistant. That's the rumblings going there, around town. There's, there's no way. That goes back to exactly what I just said about the money. There's no way that's true. That's complete crap. All that is an, is, an, is an excuse. That is that is that is complete crap. There's nothing about that that has any truth at all. If they wanted them gone, they would be gone. So I don't know, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, how many of these wide receivers in Mississippi are going to want to come to Ole Miss when we're throwing the ball three times a game? Who Who wants to do that? Are they going to go? Are they going to come there? Or are they going to go to pick a school, any school? Are they going to go to even Arkansas? If they're going to throw the ball thirty times a game, that's where the receiver's going to go. So not only is it hurting to lose and suck, which whatever I can deal with the sucking part, but throw the damn ball. I don't care if he if he doesn't catch it, throw it. So the recruits are like, okay, well, I can catch that when I go to school there. Or either just start paying. I mean, I know we're still paying them, but just pay them a little bit more. I, I don't know. As I an, mean, yeah. I will tell you this. As an Ole Miss fan, I have literally entered the transfer portal. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I have no I have no reason to to even care anymore. It's, it's, it's not it, – it, I didn't care when the season started, but I sure don't now. I w- at least make your product watchable, even if you suck, okay? Like, I watched some Pac-12 game the other night at, like, 1130 at night, okay? I don't even remember the teams that were playing, but I watched it because they were throwing the ball around, and it was it was entertaining. Watching Ole Miss play is not entertaining. It doesn't matter if you're a fan or not. You could take – you could go to a jail with no TV and show that game to inmates, and they would walk off and play dominoes. Nobody wants to watch that. Nobody. We're, it, this isn't 1930. You're not running the wishbone. How many people want to watch a Georgia Tech game? How many people want to watch Air Force? Who, who wants to watch the triple option? Throw the damn ball. Who wants to go to a Major League Baseball game and watch them hit dinks out to the shortstop, big flouts every game. Nobody wants to see that. They want to see home runs. I mean, do the right thing. Throw the ball. I don't care if he catches it or not. You're still going three and out when you run a quarterback sneak every three plays. I mean, it doesn't make sense. I mean, take one of these kids that's 20 – Take a kid that's between my age and 30 that played that NCAA football on PlayStation and let him call the damn plays. Let some of these nerdy kids that 
Get some of these nerdy kids that are professional Madden players and let them call them. At least there's be something you can watch. I don't care if we lose. Just don't run the ball 97 times and throw it five. I know we're going to lose. I've already, I'm already ready. I'm ready for that. But just make it where I can watch the damn game. Ooh. Hey, speaking of watching the game, man, Tennessee, last, last football topic. Tennessee really interests me a lot. What, that, that team has made a total turnaround. Well, no they coming. have made a turnaround. I still don't think they're as good as some people think. Or some, like, you know, Pruitt said the other day that he, you know, one of his quotes was, yeah, well, I don't think anybody wants to come to the Hill right now. That's complete bullshit. But it, they're, they've made a huge improvement, and they look more – they they look better to the eye. They pass the eye test now. Now whether they would have won games like that they lost, I don't know. Yeah, I think they would have beat Georgia State. They, they would have beat BYU, but they're doing good. They're still going to make a bowl. They got they get Vanderbilt. That's a win. Uh, Missouri. I don't know what's going on with Missouri. Surely they'll beat Missouri and go seven and five. I don't know. But at least they don't look like the bad news bears. Like, for a while there, if Arkansas and Tennessee and Ole Miss played each other in a round robin every weekend, it would be the most incredible pillow fight ever. Nobody could, nobody would want to win. So, I think that they've made a turnaround. I think that they're a mediocre team and, you know, whatever. He's going to have to get some of his guys in there and probably hire. I don't think Cheney's the guy. They're going to have to get some young kid that can – you know, call offensive plays that don't look like, you know, whatever. But they did come back and beat Kentucky. They made adjustments at the half. I mean, they, I'm not taking anything away from them. I just – they're going to have to get somebody in there that can, can get something going, some blood pumping. I mean, I think Chavis is up there on oxygen. Not Chavis, Cheney. But, you know, yeah, they, they, they've, they've been good. And they need to be – they need to get – Pruitt needs to be recognized for turning them around because they could have easily just said, screw this. And they've got some players. We've talked about that before. They've got players on the team. I know they've got quarterback issues, but they've got kids on the team that can play. Well, uh, off of sports and on to another favorite topic of yours. Things are looking good so far, man. Yeah. You know, I remember the, for, we were you you and I were talking about this pre-recording that the last year that we had a really really strong early cold front like this was fourteen fifteen uh, November fourteen hit around the tenth and that season turned out pretty dang well fourteen fifteen yeah, well years. we also had a really good cold front last year two weeks before the season and it was golf weather the rest of the year but. This thing, we're getting good fronts every week to 10 days right now. The ducks are here already. There's a bunch of them. It's not just a few local ducks. They're they're actually migrators. They're Everybody right now that's got water that's in a decent spot has got ducks. And, you know, the opener, especially in Arkansas, the first split's going to be really, really good. I don't know what's going to happen after that. Every year it seems like in Arkansas, either on Thanksgiving or the 1st of December, it rains eight inches. So who knows what's going to happen then. The Mississippi's supposed to fall seven foot in Greenville between now and the 22nd. 
So that's going to suck some of the water out of the white in the cache. Um, so we'll see what that does. That's going to change things for the guys in the fields and the guys that, you know, necessarily don't need a big water year. I don't think it's going to rain much between now and then. But like I said, we will get a huge rain in the first of December we do every year. Um, whether that does anything, I don't know. I think if it stays dry till then, then it probably won't do a whole lot. But it'll get the water in the refuges up or the WMAs, whatever people want to call them. And they can use their one eight cent tax money um, to go do that. So I don't know. Uh, I just know that we have the ducks and... And I think that, you know, it's going to be it's going to be really, really good this year. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't, unless it just turns hot again. And I, like I said, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. We're just getting too many good fronts. And there's a lot of ducks. I've said this in a podcast a while back. There's a bunch of ducks because we nobody killed any last year. So I mean, they went back north. Uh, you know, middle to north Missouri, all the way to South Dakota, doesn't have any food. You know, they're still going to kill them, but it's not going to be, um, you know, nothing like usual. So you can see, you can watch uh, that hot man, Tony Vandemore, my man crush. You can watch his videos and pretty much see what's going on in the middle zone, the north zone. And then, uh, you know, just talk to some friends that got fields in Missouri and the Boot Hill and Mississippi and Arkansas that, that, um, that you know, that that have ducks and you, you, you'll start to understand this is going to be a good year. The only thing that concerns me about this year is the, the late harvest throughout the Midwest on corn. That'd be the only thing that scares me because man, they'll, they'll cut corn through. I mean, good grief. They'll have 24 inches of snow on the ground. They'll be running the combine in the field. And I've seen it where, Ducks landing behind a combine like a blackbird. I mean, it's ridiculous. So that's that that's been be the only that's, thing that scares me. It shouldn't, Rocky. That's been going on for a hundred years. There's always going to be ducks late. in the Midwest. There's all that. That's not true. There's always ducks that are going to stay in Oklahoma, Iowa. There's too many. There's too many lakes and spots that they can stay and still get food. It doesn't matter about the harvest. They're still going to be able to get food. There's still ducks that are going to stay up there every year. But we're going to get ours instead of them just all staying there. I've been in Kansas and Oklahoma before hunting when it was 7 degrees when there was more ducks than you've ever seen. It doesn't matter. It, 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 they're going to still be ducks that are, you know, that are tough enough to, to, to get food and stay there and not have to migrate um, unless it's a length of day deal. So. I, that doesn't scare me. They're going to get theirs. We're going to get ours. I mean, it, it's just that's the way it is. That's the way it's been. That's It's never going to change. The only reason people even know about that now is because of the Internet and Facebook. 20 years ago, the Ducks were doing the same damn thing, and nobody knew because we didn't have everybody on Facebook posting about it and whining about it. It's the same thing. We still got to have fronts. We still got to have migration to kill Ducks, and we need them coming from the north and the south. We don't I think need that's the number one thing. I think that's number one for sure. But number two, think about this for a second. You've been you've been over in Arkansas for a long time. Pressure that we see today compared to twenty twenty five years ago, it, it's not even comparable, man. It's it's unreal to me 
to drive through the Boot Hill of Missouri in northeast Arkansas, and there's a there is a literally a pit on every 160 acres. That's true. However, the guys that know how to handle pressure that leave spots for a week at a time and that leave fields and leave the ducks alone and don't hunt the same spot every day. Now, I know everybody doesn't have the luxury of doing that, but the people that do have that luxury and do know how to manage them that leave ducks sitting and don't bust their ass every day are actually getting more ducks because of the other people pressuring them. So it's not, it, it's, it's a twofold deal. I mean, I, I, I get it. So it just, you know, there's guys, there's guys that, you know, hunt 12 days a year and kill as many as the guys hunting 40 because they're not hunting them every day and they let them get in there and let them sit. So you can control that if you have the willpower to do it. I mean, of course, on a big flight day, migration day, you get a big front. Yeah, of course you're going to go, but don't hunt the same spot 19 days in a row and expect to kill 400 ducks. It's just not, it doesn't make sense. I, I don't care if you have I don't care if you have corn. I don't care what I don't care what you have. You can bait for all I care. You're not going to kill them like that day in and day out. Not not down here. You might in Oklahoma. You might in Iowa. But you're not going to come to Arkansas, Mississippi, and Tennessee and hunt somewhere that much and put that much pressure on ducks because they're not they're not that stupid and they have too many places to go because of what you said with every Tom, Dick, and Harry having a pit and a and somewhere flooded. And you're going to have these guys that can only hunt on the weekends. And guess what happens? Their field gets full during the week because everybody else is shooting them. And then they come in and shoot them in the weekend and they go somewhere else. You know, it doesn't matter. Give me a cold front. Lock, lock, lock me up for two days and then give me a southwest wind at 55 degrees and sun for about four days in a row. And then holler at me. You know, just just oh, I agree. Hunt the hunt the way you should hunt. Everybody's like, "Oh, it's fifty five. I mean, I, I mean, look, get, dude, I'll take I'll take thirty in the morning and fifty five in the afternoon for sixty days, and you won't hear me say a word. It doesn't take but a lot. It it's not rocket science. We we need early cold fronts like this. Uh. More than we need late January cold fronts. Late January cold fronts are not helping us at all. I would rather have early cold fronts like this and then have a warming pattern in January to get the ducks back to you. Right. I mean, I don't want it. I'm not saying I want it warm the whole January. I'm just saying I would rather have every seven to ten days, even if it's a light front. Give me a little front every week and then and then let us get ducks constantly down here. It doesn't have to be the whole migration. I mean, just give me a push about every seven to ten days, and I'm fine with that because I'll rest them. I don't care. I mean, we got plenty of pecan orchards. We we don't have to, you know, we can we can bounce around. We don't have to sit in the same spot. I mean, we we've got it made on that on that hand. You know, so, going to the ten day forecast. I'm sitting here looking at the ten day forecast, man. You look like you're getting your wish to the opener. It looks like it's cold front about every five days. Yeah, I mean, like right now and where I am, okay, tonight it's going to be 15, tomorrow 23, 25, 22, 25, 30, 35, 39, 41. I mean, that that's that's de- mid-December, January weather. 
that that's that that we are getting a gift ripped. I mean, we're getting the gift that the best gift that you could get right now, just wrapped up with a big ass bow. So, you know, I don't want to hear about Missouri. I don't want to hear about heat ponds. I don't want to hear about somebody leaving four hundred thousand acres of corn. I don't care. They're still gonna come if you get cold fronts like that. Yeah, last year sucked. We didn't have one cold front. It was there was three sunny days in the whole duck season. It was sixty five every day. I don't want to no. I don't want to hear about last season. I don't want last season to compare to anything else in the world. And don't give me these guys that killed nine hundred one year in a blind, and so they tell everybody to kill nine hundred every year. No, you don't. You kill one hundred and seventy to two hundred. Quit telling people you kill nine hundred. <laughs> I mean, it drives me crazy. Like, I get it. Like, everybody wants to have the cool spot. And everybody, oh, yeah, yeah. Bullshit. Show me the average. Show me your five-year average. Show me that. Be honest and show me that. Don't tell me you kill a 1,000 ducks a year out of one blind and one blind only that you hunt every day. I don't want to hear it. Well, it's coming. Gosh, we have a week and a half. Unreal that it's already here. Yep. Eleven days. It's gonna be fire this year. There's so many so many specs. God almighty, there's a bunch of specs. And some of the videos of these specs, it's it's unreal. Number of specs that are around. But all right, Rob, gotta go. Enjoy it. So you are you still have Alabama in your top four, right? You think they're gonna be Absolutely. four or five tonight? They'll probably they'll keep them at five or six until it gets close, and then they'll sneak into four. And if you, I just, I don't, I don't. If this thing is really about the money, what's going on in the in the uh, behind the scenes, that they'll put them in the playoff because the audience that putting them in the playoff along with LSU is going to bring. Hmm. I just don't see how they unless they it, unless they crap the bed against Auburn, which is no way that's going to happen. I just don't see how they could keep them out. It, I just can't. I, I'm not even an Alabama fan. That's why, like, I I just I don't see how they could not be in it. It would be an injustice to have some other team over them in it because it would be boring. Unless you're a fan of the other team, and I get that. All right, man. Enjoyed it. We will talk again next Monday. Thank you again. Toddy, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna beat LSU this weekend. Yeah, twenty one. He got that. You think Ole Miss will cover? Ole Miss. Perfect letdown situation. Look away game. They know they can beat us by playing whoever. It doesn't matter. Good <laughs> Lord. All right. Thank you again, man. I want to thank all of you all for listening to this edition of the End of the Line podcast powered by DuckSouth.com.